One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. When, uh, when, Jesus, birthed, when Jesus was birthing a new thing, um, he used the analogy of clothing. Uh, in, in Luke 24, 49, he, he told the believers, he told the people who were following him but yet had not been equipped for it, um, before, before, before he ascended into heaven, after the resurrection, before he ascended into heaven, he told him to stay, and I'm going to ascend into heaven, and uh, don't leave this city until I clothe you in the Holy Spirit. And the, the concept of clothing um, is an equipping. It's, uh, it's, it's something that the Lord puts on you that you didn't have before. So it's different than like meeting Jesus and believing and equipping literally is the ability to, to conquer and overcome, Come on. To, to invade, to uh, take dominion, to, um, because it's actually not your strength. It's him. It's what he's clothed you in. Amen? And so, you know, uh, in Acts 1.8, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witness to the end of the earth. Um, that, that literally means supernatural power, right? Dunamis. It, it means that ability that you didn't have um, literally will be put upon you to fulfill what he's called you to do. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So it's very much connected to a relationship. A lot of people think that, okay, I had this one-time thing. I accepted Christ. I had this one-time supernatural night where I suddenly got baptized in the Holy Spirit and even started casting out demons, right, my friend? Right? Yeah? All, all in like one weekend. <laughs> but, the, but the thing I want to emphasize is that can happen to you all the time. Right? And the reason why um, I felt the Lord emphasizing the, the cry out for rain um, last night was it's about expectation. It's about that you don't settle for the normal, the mundane, the things that are, that, uh, are, you know, the way the world thinks, just get through the day, just get through the week. Um, that's a mentality that doesn't match Christ's call. Christ's call is about doing something routinely and uh, in an expected way um, where you routinely expect, but he does it different all the time. And the doing of it different all the time requires you to actually cry out so that your relationship draws um, the ability and whatever comes against you, whatever tries to stop you that day, that week, that month, that year, um, you're not in your own strength because the rain came on you and ability, dunamis power is working through you. Amen? So baptism of the Holy Ghost is not a one-time event. It's a daily event. Amen? Amen? Amen. Did, did you guys really get your dose today? Did you really? 
I, I mean, I, I, you guys look a little like a little punch drunk. Like la last night, you got like waylaid in the Holy Spirit. You look a little punch drunk. So did you really get your dose? I mean, we had some good worship, huh? Come on, let's, let's, let's go. Say, Holy Ghost. Come on, send the rain. Come on, send the rain. Make me what you called me to be today. That's way different than yesterday. Come on, come on, send the rain, Holy Ghost. Come on, intoxicate me. Come on, intoxicate me. <laughs> come on, come on, fill Holy Ghost. Fill me. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Oh my goodness. <laughs> you see the 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 <laughs> when an apostolic church really gets going, the, the people don't stumble in kind of hoping for the worship team to break them through. The, 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 the body actually comes in carrying the glory because they had encounter that morning and the open heaven that, that, that you felt this morning is a result of the body actually carrying the glory, right? And, and it draws attention. It's supernatural. When I was uh, 16, 17 years ago when we were in a little storefront church and uh, man, I, I had a couple crazy friends that, you know, this whole mentality that I'm teaching you about expecting the Holy Spirit, we would pray like madmen. And um, before service, and I mean, during the week, I mean, we would just pray like madmen. And um, we would have drug addicts literally walk off the street, knock on the door, come into the church, and they say, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how I got here. And, and they would literally fall face down at the altar, and it was supernatural. But it was, it was because there was a glory. There was a, there was a presence. It, it was, there was an attraction. The people, the, the, the witch doctor, the whoever it is, they don't know why, but suddenly they, they're attracted. They, they can actually see the sign that they passed every day. Their eyes are actually open because there's a glory that yeah. the people are carrying. Amen. Amen? It's not about just going to church. It's about, um, it's about actually being a carrier of the glory of the Lord. Amen? You see, when you are a carrier of the Holy Spirit, and you're in that deep relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know the, the, the Holy Spirit is actually protecting you. He's actually going before you to make a way. He's your rear guard. He's all around you. And when your heart is sensitive to Him, um, supernatural things happen. They just happen because you made a place for the glory of the Lord to dwell on you. Amen? He's a force. The Holy Spirit is a force. And I go to a lot of places and sometimes the Lord gives me names of principalities or things that I'm supposed to pray against. Um, and I, I go to some places and I mean, I, I leave some places like wasted, like different ugh feelings and things that I have to um, sometimes I get sick. Sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you have to endure. Um, and so about three or four years ago, um, I, went, I went to a place and uh, Shelly and I are like, what the heck is going on? Something doesn't feel right. And so um, this goes on for a handful of days and I, I go into normal prayer one morning and 
all of a sudden the Lord shows me this vision. And in this vision, he shows me a table um, and there's two witches sitting at the table. And they have a picture of uh, me, my wife, and my three children. One is uh, uh, using tarot cards and throwing tarot cards on the table. And another witch is um, using chicken bones, casting spells. And Jesus started to speak to me. And he said, don't worry about this. I got this. Well, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I, we, Shelly and I felt the oppression. Okay. We felt what was coming against us. But as I was pursuing the Lord and as I was um, saying, hey, buddy, <laughs> what's going on here? He had my back, man. He literally made a way. He actually took care Right, I saw I, the, the end of the vision was he came in um, and he broke the table, meaning he broke the spell. He broke the power that was coming against me. And it broke, man. I, it, was, it was like, do you feel that? Yeah, I felt that. That's awesome, right? Like the oppression lifted. And so you're going to, um, as you begin walking in the anointing and the Lord starts sending you places, um, you're, going to, you're going to have opposition, Okay. You're going to have opposition. You're going to have flying serpents and dragons, right? They're metaphors for principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. You're going to have these things oppress you. Some of you have been oppressed for, for years since you were born. And suddenly um, you have deliverance and you're walking around like, I didn't know what it was like to walk with a clear head, to walk not having depression rest on me, on. right? Amen? Amen? Am I talking to somebody? Amen? It's a real deal. Demonic powers are, are the real deal. But your relationship with the Holy Spirit will position you to be victorious. Okay? Every time. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through things. Okay? Paul went through a whole lot of stuff. Right? But your relationship with the Holy Spirit will actually um, make you a supernatural one. Okay? And so... <clears throat> I just want to talk about the, the clothing and, and talk to you about what armors you. What, what is your armor? Okay. Um, Paul, Paul says, uh, and I'm going to use this famous scripture about warfare, Ephesians 6, um, verse 10. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. He's talking about what Jesus said I'll clothe you in. Put on, put on my clothing. Put on my spirit. Right? Get up, baby, and put on my spirit, right? Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. You're going you're gonna to have some battles, but, if, but I'm encouraging you to put it on, right? It's a mentality. It's an expectation. It's a reliance and a trust. Put it on. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness of this age. And... When you get to the part here that talks about the armor, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people have a whole lot of things. I've seen guys do things and, you know, literally put on, they put on a breastplate and they put on the, the boots and that's all well and good. But I want to I wanna teach you about something about this scripture that um, it's actually a lot more simple than that. Um, because he says uh, that you may stand against the wiles of the devil, therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, shod your feet with the preparation of gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith which, which, uh, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which 
is the Word of God. The word word there is the word rhema. The word rhema is actually what the, the Lord shows you. The vision. Okay, I just talked to you about going into prayer and the Lord showed me what was oppressing me that the place that I had just been to had two witches that were casting spells against me, okay? And, the, and when I came out of prayer, the Lord had broken the power of the curse that was coming against me, amen? I didn't know, I didn't know what to pray for as I ought. I felt the oppression, but I let the Holy Spirit pray through me and the Holy Spirit came. He, he bore me up in my weakness, right? And the point here is that the shield of faith is the rhema, the word of God, what he is speaking to you, that the helmet of salvation is what he is speaking to you. It is your helmet. It is it what protects your mind, yeah. right? The, God, the, the belt of truth is spiritual. It's what he has spoken to you, right? He's saying that if you rely on me, I will take care of all you. I will be your armor, right? And you can't, you can't just walk around with pieces, you can't just walk around with a helmet on and nothing else or a belt of truth and nothing else. He's saying you have it all or you don't have anything, okay? If you have what I've said to you, if you have my dream and vision and it, it is what you actually are clothed in, guess what? You're armored, you're mantled, you're clothed, right? You guys, I prophesied a, a word uh, to you on Friday night that, that said that, that, uh, that the body was going to man the jackhammer, pick up their shovel, and new weapons would be uncovered. They'd be big weapons, and no principality or power would come against you and stop you. Amen. Right? Yeah. So that is, a, that is a rhema word. That is a rhema word that you should be clothed in, that, you, that when resistance comes against you, you keep digging. You keep digging. You pull out that battle bow, and you start to prophesy what the Lord has said to you. You have to become what he says. A lot of people say, um, I'm armored. And I say, well, tell me about your prayer life. How, 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 what's the Lord said to you? And how do you go to war with what he said to you? What he said to you is what you speak. You're actually releasing the arrow. You actually believe it so profoundly that it comes off of your tongue. Okay. Billy Bob, you're going to the nations. You're, you're going to go to India. You're going to go to China. Um, and you're going to go do these things, right? Do you take that and put it on a shelf? See, if you put it on a shelf and say, well, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. It may or may not. Or do you put it on? Do you clothe yourself and say, the Lord says, I am. The Lord says, I am. The Lord says, I am. And when it comes off your tongue, you're actually creating the space. You're actually, you're actually stepping in, into the clothing. It's not just sitting in a closet. See, a lot of people get a word, they put it on a hanger and they put it in the closet. But you got to wear it. You wear your prophecies? Seriously. Paul said, Timothy, by your prophecies, wage war right? And you'll win, right? Not only you, but the people around you will win. So, so when you receive prophecies, you don't just put them in a closet. You don't just put it on a shelf. You actually have to put that coat, that armor, you have to put it on. And when you prophesy what the Lord has said, you actually step into the vision. 
You actually make a way to step into the vision. Amen? You guys okay? <clears throat> you see, what the Lord has, has said um, is, and what the Lord is saying is extremely important. Actually, it's the difference between Saul and David, okay? The same oil that went on Saul went on David, but there's a difference. Saul actually refused the voice. It says that Saul um, was more concerned about the people and the people that were fearing, you know, he feared the people's opinion, okay? Um, and and uh, he appeared righteous. He actually, it says that Saul um, did all the sacrifices. He appeared religious, right? He did all the, the religious stuff. But the prophet Samuel came in... Uh, what is it here? 1 Samuel 15, verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the voice of God. He has also rejected you from being king. Saul lost his authority, right? Literally, he was given, he was given like a relationship and he refused to follow it. He refused to step into it. He refused to become and trust the Lord regardless of what the people are saying. You see, if you cater to the people and their fears, you're, you're going to lose it, okay? But if you cater, if you rely on the voice, the voice is the creator. The voice is the covering. The voice is your armor. And the armor you wear is the armor you equip others with, right? Amen? The armor you wear is the armor you equip others with. And the, and the father was saying, saying to Saul, I can't use you anymore, man. I can't, I can't right? You see, and so what, what was uh, on Saul was actually revealed whenever the giant showed up. The word Goliath actually means sorcerer. He's actually in the valley cursing the nation of Israel. And that curse that was coming upon Israel, they were all on a mountain shaking in fear. You know why? Because their leader was on that mountain shaking in fear. He refused the voice. He refused the voice. But when the oil came on a boy, and the boy believed, I'm talking about David, when David believed that the Lord said, right, he, he actually called him king, he, he called him um, to be victorious, he called him, and David spent all this time in the shepherd field praying. Can you picture David like you guys last night? Come on, Lord, send the rain. Come on, send the rain. Come on, send the rain. You see, he developed a relationship in that shepherd field where he knew that if he stepped on a battlefield, the Lord would show up in the same way there as he did in that shepherd field. Amen. Come on, Holy Ghost, send the rain. Amen. Right now, send the rain. You see, you'll never be prepared for battlefields until you spend time in that shepherd field crying out for rain. Amen. Warriors are made in shepherd fields. Warriors are made in shepherd fields. Amen? Come on, Holy Ghost. What are we doing today? Come on, speak to me, baby. Come on, make me a giant killer. Come on, speak to me, Lord. Make, make me armored in your glory. Armor me in your power. Clothe me from on high. Come on, Holy Spirit. It only takes one. It only takes one vision. It only takes one word. It only takes one. You see, the curse, the, the witches that were cursing me, 
because I was in a place where we were expanding, in a place where we were invading, where people were getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and demons were coming out of people. There were witches in, in, the, in, the, in the meeting, right? And they decided that uh, we're going to have to deal with this guy, right? But they didn't know that I know the Holy Ghost. They didn't know it. <laughs> I can't be stopped, Joel. You see, when you're clothed in what the Lord says, when you know that you're going to get dressed every day, you can't lose, baby. You cannot lose. Because David goes, David says, I know my God will speak to me no matter where I'm at. No matter where I walk. I learned it every day I go into that shepherd field. Every day. Woo, come on, baby. Every day. Every day he shows up. Every day he shows up. I learned in that shepherd field that in the midst of, of a sand-covered land, in the midst of a desert, I learned how to find water in the wilderness. I know that he'll show up. And because I learned to actually dig deep in the time where there was no reason, there was no popularity thing, there were no other people around, but I needed him. I needed him to be with me. And I learned that when I cried out and, and he would come, I know he's with me. My confidence is in the Lord. Amen. My God, you can't lose. My God, you can't lose. And it starts with a people who actually are, are dwelling in their shepherd field, crying out, come on, Holy Ghost, clothe me today. You said you would clothe me. So when that giant shows up and Saul, who actually didn't trust in the voice of the Lord, and all his army is shaking up there, they look all good, they've got their armor all shined up, Right? David shows up and he says, I'll take that giant down, right? I'm not afraid of no giant. I saw my God defeat lions. I saw my God defeat bears. I saw my God do supernatural things. And that giant is no different than that lion and that bear. Amen. Amen. You will not come to take the sheep of Israel. You will not come to take the sheep of Israel. Amen. In 1 Samuel 17, Actually, David, uh, yeah, 1 Samuel 17, verse 38. So Saul clothed David in his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand. He chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch in which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near the Philistine. You see, Saul, in his powerless dead religion, he was clothed in his armor that he put on himself. He thought he was a great man and he had to look the part. And he said, well, David, you can't go out and fight a giant if you don't have armor. And, and David said, no, no, I'm taking your stuff off of me. I don't rely on what you make me and how religion makes me look pretty. I rely on my God taking me out onto the battlefield. My God will show up where I go. My God will show up. And I am not alone. My God's going to take that giant down. My gosh, do you have faith like that? Do you have faith that your God is going to show up and that you were really called to Muskoka and what you're going to do in Muskoka? Do you know that your God has said, I will show up because I called you here? Amen? My God, what would your body really look like if you believed and had 
like this whole thing. You guys were a force and say, we met our God in the shepherd field and the Lord is going to take us into battles. We expect to go into battles. We're going to be dominant in our battles. Amen. You see, David didn't, he didn't rely on Saul's armor. It says David ran to the brook. Right, David reached into the brook and he pulls out five stones. That brook, the river, he relied on the, it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He reached into the Holy Spirit, right? He knew, he knew the Holy Spirit so well that he, he reaches in, he can't see exactly, he doesn't know exactly what's going to come out, but his hand touches what he needs because he touched the heart of God. He knows how to touch the heart of God. Come on, Holy Ghost. I need you today. I need you to come upon me today. I need you to give me my weapons today. Come on, weaponize me. Weaponize me, Holy Ghost. Woo, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. My God. I don't know exactly how this is going to go down, but I know my God's heart. And if I reach and touch it, if I reach in and touch it, Grace comes, power comes, ability comes. No evil shall stand before me. No evil shall stand before me. Do you have the mindset of an invader? You got a mindset of an invader? My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Do you have the mindset of an invader? You see, a lot of you are wondering why confusion and you're like, going back and forth, and you don't know what ends up some days. But your mind can only be transformed after your heart cries, and your heart is changed. Your heart has to be so changed that your mind doesn't look at the natural world. Your mind says, my God's going to show up. My God's going to show up, and if I reach into that river, when I reach into that river, weapons come. And that giant falls. That giant literally cannot stand before me. You see, when David runs onto that battlefield, he says these words, verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come at me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head. You see, how many giant's heads do you have on, your, on the mantle of your fireplace? How many? How many giant's heads do you have on the mantle of your fireplace? Come on, did depression fall in your family bloodline? Did oppression fall? Did addiction fall in your family bloodline? Those are giant's heads, man. They should, be, they should be placed as a symbol of your victorious power because you know Christ and the giants can't stand before you. My children will not deal with depression because I won the war. I won the war. I reached into that, into that river and I took down that giant called depression. In the name of Jesus, I got a head. David took Goliath's head and he put it on, on, the, on the gate of the city as a sign. Every other giant in the land, if you come near me, this will happen to you too. My God. My God. You see, it takes one victory. It takes one giant to fall, and then they start falling like dominoes. Amen? People say, where did you develop this mentality? How did you, you start doing this? You know how I started doing this? 
I had this encounter one time where the Lord um, took me into this place in heaven and he introduced me um, to this angel. The angel's name is the reaper. And the reaper, baby, he was, he's like, he's just a bad, he's a bad looking dude. The reaper, the reaper took me by the hand into this trophy room. You got a trophy room, right? You got the heads of, of everything you killed on your wall, right? I walk into this room and I recognize these, these creatures. And I'll call them creatures because I'm a seer. The Lord, over, over the last 20 years, as the Lord awakened my gifting, when I'm in, in a problem, in a situation, he shows me in the spirit what I'm dealing with. And I walked, the, the reaper took me into this room and he starts showing me every battle that, it was, that I was in. And he showed it to me and started to speak to me because he had the head of every creature, every demonic entity that came against me its head was sitting in a trophy case. And he, he turns and looks at me and he says, I am the reaper. I am the reaper. And I've been assigned to make you victorious. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, show me the angel that's been assigned to me that will help me be victorious and take every head of the enemy that comes against me. Come on, baby. You will not fall. You will not fail. You cannot lose. Literally, you cannot lose. You may go through a trial. You may go through a, a tough time. But if you know that the desert is about finding the depths of the Holy Spirit in a new place, you cannot lose. Amen. This day I will take your head. <laughs> this day I will take your head. What would happen for the next like 30 days if you woke up and not just cry out for rain, you started saying, all right, Holy Spirit, this day I'm going to take a giant's head. And you started having supernatural encounters as you expected in the Lord showing up supernaturally in your prayer room. And you actually started to walk in a dominion and an authority and a power because you set your heart on the Lord. You expected in hearing him and that everything that you have struggled with, everything that has opposed you, you actually said, let's go, Holy Ghost. Show me the reaper. Show me the angel that you've assigned to me to take my enemy's head. Amen? Amen. <laughs> you see, when you get a new assignment, you get new clothing. You get, get new prophecies. You get um, uh, a clarification. You get an ability. You get um, all things you need based on what he has said to you. When he speaks to you, there's nothing he holds back. Everything you need is in the vision. It's in the word. It's in the prophecy. Everything. In... Uh, <laughs> can't lose baby you cannot lose if you reach into that river you can't lose can't lose but you gotta know what you're clothed in David knew what he was clothed in and Saul neglected it David shook a nation David turned a nation into revival meeting encountering the presence of the Lord while Saul 
literally went back into depression. Right? You see, the clothing is so important. In uh, 2015, when the Lord started um, giving me these dreams about going to India, um, in the last dream, he said to me, a man from India will call you and you're to go. And seven days later, I get this call from a guy in India and he says, uh, I saw you on YouTube. I think you're supposed to come here. And I said, you know, you get a call from a third world nation um, and usually, you know, that you're getting scammed or something and right, you're going to hang up and, you know, I don't know, because the Lord spoke to me that India was going to call me. It didn't matter who it was. I trusted that the Lord was connecting me. Okay, and I start sending money over there and um, getting, getting ready for these crusades. Um, and I didn't know anything about India. Um, all I knew was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and <laughs> eating monkey brains. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to go there, Lord. I'm not going there, right? And um, so I started researching this. The Lord was sending me to this region called Andhra Pradesh. Uh, it's a... It's a state uh, just north of um, Chennai, Chennai, India, on the East Coast. Um, so I started researching it, and uh, I don't know how this happened, but I found this guy, um, had all these pictures on the internet of, of his mission and stuff, so I decided to call him. And it turns out to be a pr- pretty prophetic guy. And as we're, as we're talking, uh, before, we ha- before we hung up, he says, I just want to let you know, that the Lord wants you to know that, you, that he has given you a new mantle for your assignment in India. It's, it's, it's unlike anything else. It's unlike any other clothing you've worn before. This clothing is, is a whole different thing and you have to know and trust in this new mantle. I'm like, okay, right? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm listening, right? I'm listening, but I, di- I didn't know how important it was, okay? Three days later, he calls me back again. He says, hey, I didn't feel like you, you grasped what I said. And the Lord, the Lord needs you to know that his mantle is your strength. What he clothes you in, the Holy Spirit and the prophecies, the dreams that you've been called um, to this nation, you have to know and trust it beyond anything else because in it has all ability for your assignment. And I'm like, all right. So I start, I said, all right. I started I start fast and I start praying um, and um, I was in our church. Um, I was walking across the front of the church, and I, I'm asking the Lord about this mantle. I have to know, like I have to tangibly know what, like what this is, how important it is. Like the, like I have to feel it. And as I'm walking across the front, man, it was like, boom! This thing fell out of heaven. And the next thing I know, I'm on the ground all by myself. There's nobody else around. I'm in my shepherd field, okay? And I'm crying. I'm laying on the ground, shaking under this new thing that the Lord was putting on me, that I would trust and know that he was with me, that he was sending me um, to India. It was his assignment, okay? And so we get packed up, me and my uh, son-in-law, um, Derek, we go, on our first, uh, we go on our first mission to India, and um, we land in New Delhi, and uh, we were on a, I think it was a 777, like 350 people, right? Everybody's standing downstairs waiting for their luggage, okay? Everybody's luggage, you know, people are pulling their stuff off, and I'm sitting there. Derek gets his luggage. I'm sitting there. 20 minutes go by, 30 minutes go by, 40 minutes go by. Pretty soon an hour goes by, and everybody's like, there's only five, 10, you know, left. All of a sudden, 
I'm the only one, and my bag doesn't come out. Okay? And <laughs> my bag doesn't come out. And I'm, you know, we get the, get the people at the airport, and they're like, well, they said it was loaded on a plane. They're pulling out the manifest, and they're like, your, your luggage is lost, man. Your clothes from the old season have been lost. The Lord speaks to you in amazing ways. <laughs> I had nothing, man. I had nothing. And the Lord, uh, you know, these guys, these guys from India, um, you know, it's a different world. And uh, things, that, th- things that cost a whole lot of money in North America um, can actually be made very high quality stuff for a little bit of money. And so these, these uh, my, Indi- my Indian contacts, they take me, they say, no problem, no problem. And they took, they took me to this tailor, okay? I, I mean, tailors are like from 100 years ago in North America. They don't exist anymore. Like, what's a tailor? I mean, everybody goes and, and gets cookie cutter stuff off of a rack. Everybody... Everybody comes into normal cookie-cutter churches and gets cookie-cutter clothes off a rack. And so these, this, this tailor starts measuring me, and he starts fitting me with new clothes. And I'm not talking like polyester stuff. I'm talking silk. They're literally measuring me, and they're clothing me. I end up, I walk out of there with full three-piece suits, silk suits. And, and like all these shirts, all, all these dress shirts and all this stuff, I have a new wardrobe, okay? I literally have a new wardrobe, amen? And the Lord <laughs> was speaking to me, saying, you're not going to wear the clothes you wore in the old season. You're not going to wear the clothes you wore in the old season, right? You're not going to wear the clothes <laughs> you wore in the old season, You're going to wear the clothes. You're going to wear the prophecy that sent you here. You're going to wear the prophecy that said that no longer do you struggle building something. The new prophecy is you break through and the clouds part. The dragons are separated and there's a glory that attracts people from every direction in Canada because you, no matter what happened in the old, you actually put on the new clothing, right? Because that new clothing is what takes down the giant that mocks you in this very place. You're on a battlefield, Life Church. You're on a battlefield. And you got a prophecy that the Lord says, I'm going to expand you, increase you. You are going to have dominion in this place. And He's saying, Do you trust me enough to put on the new clothes? Lord, I pray that every person in here would lose their clothing. Get them naked before you, Lord. Get them naked before you that the only thing they have to put on is what you said you'd clothe them in. (laughs) The Lord says, I don't care how you used to do it. The way we're doing it going into the new day is with the new thing. It's with the new clothes. It's with the new ability. Woo, my God. I don't care how the way you used to do it. It doesn't matter. I've given you a new wardrobe. I have sent a tailor to measure you. I sent a tailor to measure you (laughs) and fit you. 
I've sent a tailor to fit you. Hey. <laughs> yes. My God, you can't lose. I, 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 seriously, you cannot lose. You can't lose. Can't. You're not going to lose. Oh, see, these, when I put on these new clothes, you see, in the old season, I was the prophetic guy in a house. Uh, that was always going to be viewed as that prophetic guy in the house. But when the Lord was putting new clothing on me, suddenly in a very short period of time, I end up working with thousands of pastors. And his, his, uh, his design of that season was that Andhra Pradesh is a region where um, there were, you know, all the, all the denominations in the 50s and 60s and 70s that literally infiltrated um, India uh, preaching the gospel, you know, it was, it was a zero, they were zero Holy Spirit denominations. And there was a, there was a platform there for them. They, they believed in Jesus, but they didn't function in power. Okay. And when I went, when I went there, I couldn't, exp I can't explain it, but um, literally 50, 100, 200, sometimes 500 pastors would come to these meetings and they would drive for hours three, four, five hours away on motorcycles, okay? Um, and it, they, were, they, were mir they were signs and wonder miracle meetings where guys, the, the, the whole room, nobody knew the Holy Spirit. Nobody was baptized in the Holy Spirit and they would erupt praying in tongues, okay? That never happened in the old season when I was the prophetic guy in the church. But when I put on the new clothes, new things started to happen in places I had never been to before because the Lord says, I'm sending you to, a new, uh, to, to do a new thing. I'm clothing you differently. Amen? Do you know what your clothes are in this season? You see, in the old season, I prophesied once in a while, but I didn't truly trust in the vision of the Lord to the degree that no matter what, I was doing it, Okay? And I, I started to, you know, I'd be sitting on, a st on stage in front of a couple thousand people. I'd have a message prepared. And the Lord would say, uh, you're not doing that. Um, I want you to call up deaf mutes. Um, and and you'd, you'd, just, you'd see deaf mutes get healed, okay? And you would see these things happen. And because they saw the miracle power of the Lord, I didn't even preach that night. It was Jesus that preached miracle power. And, and the Hindus that were at a statue in the morning would literally run to the altar and get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thousands of them. Okay? And when I was working with pastors, I mean, it would be, it, would, it, was, it was supernatural. I was sitting, I was sitting in, um, at the beginning of a meeting one time. They had some worship music and my interpreter was sitting beside me um, he was a guy that, you know, we had built a relationship I trusted. Um, and, uh, you know, when you get into these regions, they kind of work in control schemes. They work in, in a pyramid where there was a head pastor guy and whatever he believed, nobody else did anything different. It's whatever that guy believed, okay? Um, and because most of these head guys uh, were zero Holy Spirit guys, everybody under them to be part of the club couldn't couldn't believe in the Holy Spirit, okay? And so I'm sitting in this meeting one, one morning and um, the Lord shows me this guy sitting in the back row. Um, he shows me this vision about this guy getting baptized. I want you to get this guy baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay? That was the punchline of the vision. And so 
I reached out, I, I leaned over to my, to my interpreter. I said, hey, this is how we're going to start. I'm going to start prophesying over this guy. Uh, and he, he looked like he saw a ghost, man. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. He turned white as a sheet. And he, he goes, you mean that guy? And he's describing everything he has on. I said, yep, that's the guy. And he goes, no, 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 you can't do that. No, no, no. He, he is totally against the Holy Spirit. I said, well, that's why the Lord picked him out. He goes, I, he goes, you can't. He goes, he goes, he goes, just because of my relationship with him, he let me do this meeting, but they're not going to believe that. I said, listen, man, do you believe why I'm here? I mean, we're, we're having a teaching moment with my interpreter in right before, before the meeting, right? And I'm like, if you don't interpret what I say to that man, I'll get somebody else. He looks at me. I guess you're serious. Yeah, I'm dead serious. He goes, okay. I said, are you going to trust the Holy Spirit? He goes, you, this is about you learning to trust the Holy Spirit. And so worship ends. I call the guy out, okay? The guy, the guy comes forward. He comes up. He's got this stoic thing on his face like, I'm here because, you know, you know, I'm just being nice right now, but whatever. And so I start to prophesy to him. And as I'm prophesying that the Spirit of God's going to come on him, he starts, he starts to tremble. And he looks around. He's like, what is this? What is this? And I'm prophesying that the Spirit of God has chosen him to change a region. Okay? And as I'm prophesying to him, he falls to the ground. He's, cr- he's now like in a full-blown, he's crying. He's, he's not just tears around. He's like like crying, like he felt God for the first time in his life totally overwhelm him, okay? And so, he, you know, a couple minutes go by, he gets up off the floor, and I, I said, all right, tell him what happened to you. And he, he says, the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is real. It broke, it broke the mentality and the limitation of every man in the room. I didn't even preach that day. They all come forward and they say, we want what happened to that guy. And I start praying for these guys. They're all laying on the ground, shaking in the presence of the Lord, praying in tongues. What is your armor, church? You see, if you get a word from the Lord, it, it, shakes, it shakes foundations. It breaks things. It opens prison doors. It actually breaks chains. It does all things. There's nothing that can stop it. Amen. And the Lord is searching for somebody to carry his vision. Corporately, individually in your own life, he's searching for a people who would say, I know how to reach into that river. And I trust in that when I pull out a stone, it is the very thing that I need that that giant will fall before me. The resistance will fall. Nothing will stop what the Lord says. That's a pretty simple gospel, isn't it? A lot of you just spent time, you know, trying to religiously figure things out and check this box and check that box. And the the Lord says, come to me, receive my spirit. I'll speak to you. And together you will testify of being with me. Amen. Say this, say, Holy Ghost, rain on me, give me courage and boldness through visions and dreams that will shake cultures, that will break dead religion, 
Give me visions when I walk down the street that break addiction off the drug addict, that drive demons from the depressed, that cause you to be seen by those who were blinded in this world. Come on, Holy Ghost, send the rain. Come on, send the rain. Send the rain, Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm going to stay in my shepherd field. I'm going to stay in my shepherd field till it rains. I'm not coming out of my prayer room till it rains. <laughs> I'm not coming out till it rains. I'm reaching into that brook till I feel stones. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. Say this, say, Jesus, you promised dreams and visions and that I would prophesy. I want the visions that you had destined for me. Let them rest on me now. Come Holy Ghost, equip me to prophesy. Equip me to reorder the world. Come on, show me Holy Ghost. Come on, fill me Holy Ghost. Come on man, you guys are breaking into something. You're breaking through. Come on, your angel is waiting to take you into your trophy room. Your angel is waiting to take you into your trophy room. Come on, your angel is waiting to take you into your trophy room. Come on, you guys all have trophy rooms. <laughs> you guys all have trophy rooms. Come on, man. Jared, come on. People are going to get intoxicated in here with the revelation that Jesus wants to show you his trophy room. He has a trophy room for every one of you. This is where John Paul defeated generational depression. This is where John Paul broke addiction. This is, this is. <laughs> Woo, come on, man. Show me my trophy room. <laughs> Show it to me, Holy Ghost. Show me that giant falling before I even step foot on that battlefield. Come on, you know why David ran onto that battlefield and said, I'm going to take your head? The Lord says, I'm taking your head because he saw it before it happened. He said, I'm going to take your head. I'm taking your head, giant. I'm taking your head. <laughs> right now, I want you to, right now, your giant, the giant that stands before you, I want you to name it. Say this, say, Holy Ghost, anoint me for battle. That the giant I just named falls because of your vision. Is beheaded because of the vision that you put on my tongue. Come on, I will prophesy your vision, Lord. And the giant that stands before me will be beheaded. Come on, this day I take your head. This day I take your head addiction. This day I take your head fear. This day I take your head limitation. This day I take it. You know, you can get intoxicated, not just with the presence of the Lord, but with his vision. Literally intoxicated. 
I, like it's faith. Do you know that, that when the Lord gives you a vision or a dream, yeah, it's actually faith? Yeah. Romans 10, 17 it's faith, says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. The word word is the word rhema. Yeah. It's the vision and the dream. So when he's giving you a vision, yeah. he's literally imparting faith. He's imparting an ability. He says, I am clothing you in power. I'm equipping you in a supernatural. I'm giving you the ability to take down your giant. It is in the vision. It is in the vision. But will you, will you just hang it on a clothes hanger and put that clothing in a closet? Or will you wear it? I'll wear it, I'll wear it once every two weeks. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be like seen like the guy that wears the same clothes every day. <laughs> My gosh, I'd be happy. I'm. I'm wearing the same clothes every day, man. I'm joking. I'm joking. Come on, who's who's gonna wear the same clothes every day? <laughs> you see, you got so many unique pieces of clothing this weekend that if you would put it on. There'd be these crowns. There'd be people with eyes of fire. There'd be people with robes. There'd be people with staffs. There'd be people with swords. There'd be people with uh, uh, belts of truth. There'd be people with uh, war boots on, with, with uh, spikes on the end that you kick, not just step on the enemy's head, but you literally crush his skull. Clothed. Clothed from on high. Clothed from on high clothed from from what the lord is saying my god you can't lose church you see here's the difference between life and death life in christ and powerless religion okay there's a difference there is such a difference it's not even funny and the evidence is in your victories the evidence is in you overcoming the evidence is in you doing something that is not possible on your own the evidence is in defeating demonic powers, generational curses. You see, the, uh, in Luke 11, verse 18, um, the, Fer the Pharisees were mocking Jesus. And they're saying, what theologies this guy used to cast out demons? And they're, they're mocking him and saying, he does it by Beelzebub. He does it by Satan, right? They're mocking him. And Jesus turns around and starts mocking them. And I love it. I think I used this the other day, but... Uh, Luke 11, verse 18, it says, If Satan also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do you and your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. First off, the Pharisees, powerless religion, could not cast out a demon. They didn't have ability. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have dunamis power. They, it, there was no evidence of Christ with them because people were bound in the torment that they came into the synagogue with. They left the synagogue in the same way that they came into the synagogue. Mark 1 says that Jesus actually went into the synagogue to cast out demons. You see any demons cast out this weekend? <laughs> so Jesus is saying, Therefore, they will be your judges. Who's they? He's actually talking about the demons. Because you don't have me, you don't have power over them, and therefore they will judge you and you will remain in the darkness that you stay in. You can say all day that you're righteous, you know what Scripture says, you know all this stuff, but the evidence is those demons are actually driven out 
And Jesus is mocking them. By who do you cast them out? You don't, you have no power. You don't know my heavenly father and you certainly don't have my Holy Spirit, right? Verse 20, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, that's the Holy Spirit, right? Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. You see, when, you, when, when David ran onto that battlefield and he reached into that brook and he pulled out a stone, it's a symbol of rhema words. It's a symbol of knowing the heart of God and what the Lord is saying. And when the word of God, the rhema word comes upon you in a vision and a dream, you are actually releasing the Lord's judgment upon the darkness. And that judgment is actually what drives it out. Okay, it's the judgment that pro- prophecy is, a, is, a, is the ultimate weapon. Words of knowledge and prophecy, knowing what the Lord is saying is the ultimate weapon. It actually drives out the darkness from the people. Amen? Anybody feel like they need to shake off Saul's armor? You you weren't meant to look religious. You were meant to be supernatural. And the evidence of it, the evidence of it is in trophies the evidence of it is in deliverance the evidence of it is in healing the evidence of it is in prophecy the evidence of it is in the lord himself invading the place where you stand amen Amen. let's do let's everybody stand up gotta get get some shake on here (laughs) say this in every way that i believed in saul's armor and powerless religion I make that exchange, Lord. I lay down what I know for what you know, for, for the path that you're directing my feet, for the words that you want to put in my mouth. I shake off Saul's armor. Come on, shake it off, church. Shake off the lies. Shake off the powerlessness. Shake off the inability. Come on, because the real church is not powerless. Powerless and Christian are never in the same sentence. Christian is the one who walks in all authority, all power, all ability, because when the Lord puts his word on your tongue, you judge the darkness. David judged Goliath. David walked on that battlefield with the Holy Spirit and judged Goliath and his The power of the witch doctor, the power of the sorcerer, literally, he was beheaded. All power was lost. Amen? Amen. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, awaken in me dreams and visions that I would prophesy. Come on, awaken in me dreams and visions. I want to increase in visions. Come on, you promised to pour out your spirit and that I would dream dreams, see visions, and prophesy. I refuse Saul's armor. I refuse looking religious. I'm an innocent shepherd boy in a field crying out for rain, dependent on the rain, dependent on the voice of the Lord. To be my ultimate weapon. To clothe me in power. 
Come on, right now, Holy Ghost, clothe me in power. Come on, Holy Ghost, clothe me in power. Come on, fill. Come on, fill. Fill. Come on, clothe me in power. Come on, clothe me in power. Oh, come on, clothe me in power. Come on, clothe me in power. Oh, come on, clothe me in power, Holy Ghost. Clothe me in power, Holy Ghost. Woo! Come on, clothe me in power, Lord. Clothe me in power, Lord. Clothe me with a prophetic mantle. Come on, clothe me, Holy Ghost. Clothe me. Say this, say, Holy Ghost. Make me one who reaches into the river. Come on, I need an oil on me that transfigures me, that changes my heart, that my first expectation is in the river. Come on, make me a giant killer, Holy Ghost. Come on, make me a giant killer, Holy Ghost. Who in here suffers with depression? Who struggles with depression? I want you to run up here. Come on, the Lord's going to break depression today. Come on, depression, the giant called depression is fallen. Come on, that heaviness, that anxiety, that thing that drapes down over you. That giant is fallen down today, beheaded. That giant called depression is a sorcerer that literally is casting a spell over you every day, convincing you that you were made to be heavy, that you were made to be burdened, you were made to feel unable, unqualified, disconnected. Come on, that lie is being broken here today. Depression, the spirit of heaviness is being broken here today in the name of Jesus because the Lord is after your heart and your mind is going to be set on the presence of the Holy Spirit and not on the power of heaviness. Not on the power of, of a um, broken view of the world and, and uh, an inability, a hopeless despair that there's not a plan, there's not an expectation for your life. Come on, I break that lie off of every one of you in the name of Jesus. I take authority over depression. Come on, I command depression to leave every person in this place. I break the power of generational curses that embody depression on these people. I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. I break your power. The Lord says, ha, the Lord says that demons will not dwell in the place that I have, have said I've making my residence, that I've put up my throne. Come on, in Jesus' name, I command depression to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, I break the spirit of depression. I break the spirit of heaviness. I command it, go! Come on, go in Jesus' name. Go. Come on, go in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T.org, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. 
We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.